From Nashville, Tennessee, it's the weekly Grace Church Nashville podcast. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Grace Church Nash and use the hashtag located in the podcast description. And now, here's this week's message. My part of the series, when Pastor Larry and, and Derek and myself and Pastor Linda were talking about this series, they said, um, Pastor Larry said, is there one particular topic that you feel that the Lord is kind of drawing you to? And I said, immediately, yes. And it's choose your words. And any of you women who have been in the women's meeting know that I have um, taught a lot on this because it kind of trips us up. So this morning, we're just going to kind of dive in here and see what the Holy Spirit has to say and take it and leave here and change what we're saying out of our mouth because we can change everything around us in our homes and circumstances. Holy Spirit, I thank you. You've been here this morning. I thank you that every word that comes out of my mouth prompt me. I only want to speak what you have today. Your words, not mine. Come. Thank you, Jesus. The reference, scripture reference is James 3 through chapter 4, verse 17. And I have to tell you that I read five translations. And I came, kept coming back to the message, so don't shoot me, okay? <laughs> but I can tell you when you're talking about words, the message kind of hits you right in the middle of the forehead And so I think that's kind of what the Holy Spirit wants to do today is kind of hit you right there. I mean, gentle, but you know. So we're going to read this together. I was going to stop after verse 5, and I thought, nope. Y'all, if you want to just go with me. So verse, chapter 3, verse 1. And the title of this chapter is, When You Open Your Mouth. Don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards, and none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you can find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. Verse 5. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark. Remember to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on the reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, 
and go up and smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. That's pretty strong. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this cannot go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip in a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? Do you want to be counted as wise to build a reputation for wisdom? Here's what you do. You live well. Live wisely. Live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk, that counts. Mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. It's the furthest thing from wisdom. Whenever you're trying to look better than others or, or to get the better of others, things fall apart and everyone ends up at each other's throats. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, flow, overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day and cold the next not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. I'm going to stop right there for a minute. That's not easy all the time, is it? But sometimes we have to do the hard work. This series is called Living What We Claim to Believe. How many times have we spoken a lot of things out of our mouth is what we believe except things come out of our mouth that really don't sound like that. How many with, with me? Without question, the human tongue is a powerful instrument and in its power is the ability to do evil or to do, to do good. The tongue is small but mighty. As believers, we're not messengers of death, but messengers of life. That is why we are encouraged to allow our speech to others to be filled with grace and seasoned with salt, not salty. Words have power to bring life or death. Proverbs 18.21 says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. I think that actually the most important part of that scripture is you choose. You can bring life or death, but it's your choice. The more talk, the less truth. The wise measure their words, Proverbs ten nineteen. 
Proverbs 18.7 says, Fools are undone by their big mouths. Their souls are crushed by their words. Proverbs 18.2 says, Fools care nothing for thoughtful discourse. All they do is run off at the mouth. Did you realize that there were so many scriptures in the Bible about your mouth? And they're pretty to the point. They don't give any measure for um, exception. Do they? It says it. We have to do it, which is not easy. We have what we say. We say we believe, but then we allow ourselves to begin talking like the world instead of talking the word. How many times have you lost control of your tongue and paid the price? I have. And how many times have you had other people pay the price because of your tongue? It's not the fault of the tongue. The tongue is two ounces in size, not very big. It is us not being able to control our tongue. We use reckless words, words that we say without thinking, impulsive words that are not checked by self-control. We speak reckless words when when our defenses are at their lowest, such as when we are tired, sick, stressed, irritated, frustrated, and feeling put out. When we speak this way, people have really seen our souls, our true self, our deepest self. We may claim to be holy and God-fearing, but the fruit does not lie. The fruit never lies. James makes it clear, nothing has been found in nature that can compare to the double use of the tongue, to the blessing and the cursing out of the same mouth. You may think you're passing the Christianity test, but if you really listen to what you are saying, are you really living what you claim to believe? Jesus said, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. Matthew 12, 34 through 37. Not only is the, is the tongue so dangerous because it reveals our true self, it really reveals a lot of times that we have allowed Satan to be at work in us. James describes the tongue as a fire, a ravenous destructive fire. Then he says that it, it, it set on fire by hell itself. James is saying, a vile, gossiping, lying, destructive tongue is the instrument of Satan himself. That kind of talk comes straight from the pit of hell. The tongue possesses an interesting power. It is the power of words multiplied by the power of the person saying them. You have influence. Every day, you have influence. What are you using that for? What are you saying? 
Jesus says that a mark of maturity is the ability to control your tongue. It would follow that mark of immaturity with the ability to not control your tongue. I'd really prefer to think people, people think that I'm mature, not immature, wouldn't you? But what are people receiving around me? What are people receiving around you? Never forget how much your wor- the use of your words affect the lives of others. Words have power. Words chart the course for life. Think about how the words of Jesus could have changed lives in another way. Seeing the woman at the well and the woman caught in adultery. Jesus' words could have had a detrimental impact on both of them if he had responded like the crowd thought he should. Think about that. But instead, he chose his words carefully. The impact he had on their lives was life-changing and life-giving. Our words can change somebody's life and our own. Words can be the death of a marriage, families, friendship, churches, careers, hopes, understanding, reputations, and government. And we have seen that. We continue to see it. I want to encourage all of you today, as we continue to study this, be the change maker. Be the influence. Be the difference maker. But people's lives also live because of something said. The tongue can be a tree of life, Proverbs 15, 4. Words reconcile people and make peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, Matthew 5, 9. Words can make marriages sweet, families strong, and churches healthy. Words can give hope to the despairing. So what will come out of your mouth today? Death or life? Swords thrust or healing? Proverbs 12, 18. I would encourage you that when you're checking on what you really believe compared to what you're saying... I would challenge you to do a heart check and a mind check. Sometimes we have to do that daily, a heart check and a mind check. What occupies your mind determines what eventually fills your mouth. Your thoughts provide the fuel for your words, and your words provide the fuel for your world. What is filling your heart and mind? Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Luke 6, 45. Where's your abundance coming from? Is it negative thoughts? If you were to examine your own words and put the positive ones on a side, on one side of the scale and the negative ones on the other side, which side would weigh more? I think we'd probably be surprised sometimes. If you admit that you tend to be a more negative person, just trying harder is probably not going to make what you are saying more positive. 
or pleasant. You need a heart change. A mind that the only the Holy Spirit can give you. If you hear, think, and speak something enough, over time it will form a belief and that belief will produce a corresponding action. If you do not take control of your inner thoughts and your spoken words, you will become a slave to your outer circumstances. It happens every time. God won't be driving your life. The storms and the changing weather will. If you want to, your life to be different, you must dare to think, believe, and speak differently. Negative information is always free. Positive information must, must be searched for and takes discipline and work. Search the scripture. It has a lot of positive information. Sometimes we just don't apply it. But it's our choice. Even if there is physical evidence in your face of other circumstances, my encouragement to you is to stick to what he says and is continuing to say about you and your circumstances. His story about you has never changed. It is how you tell the story that changes. A critical heart produces a critical tongue. A self-righteous heart produces a judgmental tongue. A bitter heart produces a bitter tongue. An ungrateful heart produces a grumbling tongue. But a loving heart produces a gracious tongue. A faithful heart produces a truthful tongue. A peaceful heart produces a reconciling tongue. A trusting heart produces an encouraging tongue. So fill your heart with grace by soaking on the word. going to jump back here in here to James and the 18th verse and it says real wisdom God's wisdom begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others it is gentle and reasonable overflowing with mercies and blessings not hot one day and cold the next not two-faced that's that's a key Are you careful about what you're taking in on a daily basis? You read the word, you start declaring, oh, thank you, Jesus, you are this, you are that. You're starting telling everybody who Jesus is, and you start posting it on Facebook. <clears throat> and then the next day, you comment on Facebook. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I have to say, I don't spend a lot of time there uh, because, and I don't post very often. But boy, I, I can just challenge you today, Christians, honestly. I, some of this posting embarrasses me. <laughs> and I'm sure it embarrasses our Heavenly Father because one day you're talking about how good He is, and the next day you're condemning somebody. And that really doesn't draw them into who Jesus is. He didn't ask us to do that. What he asked in, in, in this scripture is about not being two-faced. And, and I'm just going to be blunt with you. If you're doing that, you are two-faced. There's just no way around it. 
He wants you to take captive, think of your thoughts, think of your speech, represent him well. There's Instagram, TikTok, all of those. You can bring such division by not thinking and speaking first. Have you ever just taken a moment and said, Holy Spirit, am I even supposed to post this? Do you know he wants to be involved in everything? He wants to be involved in every moment of your life during the day, night, every day. Ask him. Don't come back to him afterwards. You know, he really wants to protect you from some things. Except we put our situation, we put ourselves in situation with our mouth that he's like, ah, if you'd have just asked me, I'd have helped you. But you didn't. And now you want me to get you out of it. He despaired you. But we need to ask. Can I just encourage you to stick with animal videos and kids? <laughs> Children, they're funny. Babies are funny. Animals are funny. There's no harm. Say they're cute. It saves you. And it entertains you in a good way. So I have to say that I try and start my day. This is practical. This is Lynette. I do try and start my day every day with saying, this is the day out of my mouth. This is the day that the Lord has made, that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad, and then I add happy to it. And happy in it. And I say that. And then I say, post a guard over my mouth. God, set a watch at the door of my lips. That's Psalm 141.3. So I have to tell you that there are some days that I miss. I can tell the difference. And I will tell you that I had the opportunity this morning... Now, this is, this is current stuff to put this into practice. I did get up, and I did say that out of my mouth, and I was in a good place. Until early this morning, I walked in the kitchen, and David was in the kitchen with me, and I looked out the window, and you know what came out of my mouth? What a miserable day. <laughs> I looked at the rain, the cloud, it was, fo- I mean, it was foggy. And I, I heard myself say that. I didn't even take thought of what I was saying. What a miserable day. David looked at me and said, well, the sun hasn't come out. And I looked at him and said, the sun's not supposed to come out. It's supposed to rain all day. <laughs> to which he said, I don't think you want to start your day off that way. <laughs> I said, no, I don't. (laughs) 
And I immediately went in the other room and said to myself out loud, this is the day that the Lord has made. (laughs) I will rejoice and be glad in it, even if it is raining. And then I started to laugh. (laughs) I thought, you are so funny. The fact that I have to apply this this morning when I'm speaking about, and look what came out of my mouth. And I can tell you, I had multiple opportunities this morning. We have a dog that we rescued from uh, the pound several years ago. He's beautiful. His name is Jake. And he is a yellow lab. And he is a toddler. <laughs> and he has lots of energy. And he has grown. He's moved, progressed. We're about on the three-year-old age right now. But I can tell you this morning, after I had said the morning was going to be, the day was going to be miserable, what a miserable day, I thought I had closed the closet door. David was already gone. I hear Jake running down the hallway. And I can tell you, I know what that means. He has gotten my shoe. (laughs) And I'm like, I hear him. I come tearing out of the bathroom, running down the hall, into the living room. And he's like, I want to play. And I'm like, I don't want to play. (laughs) Opportunity. And he's cute. (sighs) But he had my shoe. And he doesn't just drop it. We're working on that. It takes work. But I walked, I got my shoe. But I walked back in and I literally started to say, Lord, man, just this morning, look at the opportunity of what I'm speaking. It's in the moment. I had to come out of that And speak again. Some days I have to speak that all day long. I have to hear myself say it all day long. Because there are moments there that give me the opportunity to not say what I should say. And I want to challenge you in the same way. The more you do that, the more that becomes the priority out of your mouth than the instant of what happens. The more I have done that over the years, the more I don't have as many moments as I did this morning. And I'm also quick, try to be, To hear myself, thank goodness I had a David reminder this morning, but most of the time I try and think quickly and get myself in gear in the right way to change that. I hear myself sometimes. And you ever get that point where you hear the words come out of your mouth and you want to go and grab them and just put them back where they came from? Yeah, it's too late. It takes the discipline 
to change what comes out of your mouth. The, word is, the world is full of death, words of death. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. First John 5, 19, who was a murderer from the beginning and the father of lies, John 8, 44. Let us not join him in his restless evil, James 3, 8. For we are from God. 1 John 5, 19. And we believe in the Son, Jesus, the Word, John 1, 1. The truth and the life, John 14, 6. And who alone has the words of eternal life, John 6, 68. Let us join him in speaking these words of life. Back to James in chapter 4. Where do you think of all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep down inside yourselves. You lust for what you don't have and are willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours and will risk violence and get your hands on it, to get your hands on it. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? And why? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. You're spoiled children, each one in your own way. You're cheating on God. If all you want is your own way, flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies of God and his ways. And do you suppose God doesn't care? The proverb has it that he is fiercely is a fiercely jealous lover. And what he gives in love is far better than anything else you'll find. It's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud. God gives grace to the willing humble. So let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious. Really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. Don't badmouth each other, friends. It's God's word. It's his message. It's his royal rule that takes a beating in that kind of talk. You're supposed to be honoring the message, not writing graffiti all over it. God is in charge of deciding human destiny. What do you think you're meddling in the destiny of others? Our words. Our power. I had... A situation, I'm going to tell two airport stories here today. I always have something happen to me when I fly. And it's not always bad. But it's always memorable. And I was in an airport. um, And I was actually by myself. And it was a, a really long layover. And had been a really long flight, the first flight I took. And I was trying to find a seat. And just trying to collect my thoughts. And I'm sitting, I sat down, and a gentleman sat next to me, and then there was a lady on the other side. 
And the lady on the other side was very, if you looked at her, she was very well kept. She's, I mean, she stood out in a good way, not, not bad. But she was talking on her phone loudly. And um, so we all could hear the conversation. And she was talking about her life and then it, you know, it got worse and she was complaining about stuff. And I mean, it was just going on and on. And then she said, but I know God's got a plan. I guess he works all things for my good. I didn't say anything. The gentleman next to me is listening to all this. I didn't say anything. I like to listen and I like to watch. But this is what this gentleman said. Well, she started talking to him. After she hung up, she just started, you know. She didn't know him. He was thrilled. (laughs) But she started talking to him. And he looked at her and he said, this is what he said, and this hit me. He said, I have chosen in my life to be happy. He said, I've had a lot of tragedy in my life. I've had businesses fail. I have had death in my family, close in my family. But I have chosen to get up every day and be happy. Let me mind you. I thought immediately when he started saying nothing, oh, brother, that is so good, and you're, you're such a good Christian. Here's what he said. He said, I have to say, I don't believe in God. And he said, you know why? And she looked at him kind of, well, no. He, sa- he said, well, to be honest with you, That conversation you just had with that person on the phone is what I've heard a lot. And he said, you know what? I'm being honest with you. I've made a choice in my life, no matter what is going on, to speak life out of my mouth, no matter what. And to walk in a situation and encourage people and work with people and encourage to make a difference in their life. He said, but you claim to have a Jesus in your life. And what I heard on your phone is nothing that I want. I didn't say a thing. And he was kind to her when he said that. But can I just tell you the impact that that had on me? I mean, maybe I should have said something. I thought, there's no way. (laughs) I'm not even, I'm just going to stay here. Because here's what that man said. He did not believe in God because he had been around enough people like her who had spoken out of her mouth her mouth, her mouth about her God who's supposed to be on the inside of her but made an impact on him 
that he never wanted anything like that. But he made a choice on his own to speak encouraging words out of his mouth and to live a life full of anticipation and joy no matter what the circumstances were. Can I just tell you, that hit me right in the gut. I said, God, under my breath, oh, please. I mean, I repented sitting there, whether I needed to or not. About, I missed this. I missed this. Some days I miss it. But God, please help me. Put a guard over my mouth. Help me to represent you well. Help me to walk in a place. And when someone sees me, when they leave, that that it's been a representation of you, not me. But it's you. Help what comes out of my mouth to be glorifying you. Help somebody because they've been around me and have the Holy Spirit in me and they feel that, that they want more of that. Not what that lady had. Not what she had. Today, make your mouth a mouth, a fountain of life. Proverbs ten eleven, be slow to speak in general. James one nineteen, encourage more than you critique. That's scripture. Say something affectionate to a loved one at an unexpected time. Seek to only speak words that are good for building up. That give grace to those who hear. Ephesians 4.29. Be a person whose mouth is full of life. God is a creative God. Therefore, we are creative beings. We are made in his image. You have to train your mind to think on whatever is honest, virtuous, and praiseworthy. Philippians 4.8. Your words are like the raw materials that can form the life you are meant to live. Words carry great power. Job twenty two twenty eight states that you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. Have you gotten sloppy about what you're saying? I'd encourage you today just to examine yourself. And ask the question, do my words and thoughts really line up with what I claim to believe? I was in an airplane. (laughs) This is my second airplane or airport airplane story. And I walked, I had had, it it was a long weekend and um, so pretty crazy schedule and I was tired and I was also on this flight by myself and I had walked into the airport and like I said I I notice things and I listen and watch and uh don't usually talk too much 
And I saw this man going through the security line who was acting just odd. That caught my attention. And I thought, he's really, you know, he's acting um, a little agitated and just... So I watched him. And I do have to say, in my head, I said, oh, Lord, please help him not to be on my flight. (laughs) That was in my head. I didn't speak it. (laughs) Got to my gate. Never saw him again. Okay? I got on the plane... I will tell you that I usually pick the aisle seat. It's the quickest way that I can get out, just in case. <laughs> don't really like the window just because I'm, I don't have a clue who's sitting next to me and I feel a little claustrophobic. This particular day, I thought to myself, and they had said the plane wasn't going to be full, so I thought to myself, you know, Lynette, this is going to be a really long flight. Why don't you go all the way to the back? And just today, because you want some rest, why don't you crawl in and go to the window? So you can lean your head, you know, on the window. I walked all the way to the back of the plane. I ended up on the last row. I thought, you know what? This could be a good thing. Maybe people won't come back here. And I may even have the whole row to myself. Went in, sat by the window. This uh, gentleman came down the aisle who was, I mean, seriously, he looked like he was 6'4", had long hair, And he had glasses on. I couldn't see his eyes. And uh, he sat on the aisle. Didn't speak to me, sat on the aisle. The, you know, they're saying on the plane, okay, we're just about ready to close down. Everything is good. There's a lot of middle seats left. Enjoy your flight. All of a sudden, I look up, and that agitated man is getting on the flight. Okay. Now I'm thinking there are middle seats all the way to the back. He's definitely not coming here. <laughs> Do you know he walked the entire aisle and missed every open middle seat and came and sat down next to me? <laughs> I'm just telling you. At that moment, my mind was not happy. <laughs> I couldn't say anything because that wouldn't be appropriate, but I'm, in my head, I'm arguing. This is a long flight. This man is agitated. <laughs> and he had a large Starbucks coffee. And in my head, I'm thinking, he does not need to drink any more of that. (laughs) He is already agitated. And he is knocking me with his knees. I mean, I I have my own space. I'm not in his space. And he is hitting me with his knees. We haven't even lifted off the ground. I'm talking about opportunity here. And I said to the Lord under my breath, I cannot, I am exhausted. I'm tired. And he is sitting next to me. What am I going to do with him for two and a half hours? And he was, I mean, he, he was, he was, it was not a good situation. 
So I will tell you a couple funny things that happened, but um, we did take off. He's nervous. He said, I haven't flown in 10 years. Great. (laughs) He didn't listen. He didn't put his tray up. And I will tell you that I do travel with essential oils, and they they have saved my life sometimes. So my thought, in my thought, I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to reach up and I'm going to turn that little knob over t- so it's blowing on him. <laughs> and I just very graciously just lifted my really calming essential oil up to the air. <laughs> <laughs> And no, I'm being very serious. He went. (laughs) (laughs) To which I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) The man next to him who had not spoken to me and had glasses on, I couldn't see. He looked over him and went. Yeah, but about halfway through, we hit turbulence. Oh, let me tell you, his coffee is sitting on his tray. We hit turbulence. His cup is getting ready to turn over, and I reach over there and just grab it and set it on my tray. I, I'm telling you, my, I still was not, I, I was glad he was zonked out because that's what he needed to do, but I still wasn't happy in my head because I knew I wasn't going to rest. I needed to keep my eyes peeled for what he was going to do. <laughs> turbulence and he wakes up and I immediately do this again and he does go back to sleep but here's what here's what happened and here's here's where God used this we land and I mean I can just tell you the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me and he goes Lynette you're being selfish it's not about you It's not about how you feel. It's not about how tired you are. If I wanted that man to sit there, I put him there for a reason. It's not about you. I have to say I had to work on it because I didn't feel much better. But what I'll say is this. When we landed, that gentleman woke up and looked at me and and he said a few choice words, which I will not repeat, but he said, I haven't slept that good in (laughs) 10 years. I don't know what in the world happened. I'm thinking I do. (sighs) But he looked at me and he said, I've lost my wife. I've lost my kids. I've lost my job. I had everything. And I have nothing He said, thank you for being kind to me. I said, I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, if you'd have only known. <laughs> but here's what happened at that moment. I looked at him and said, I'm glad you got some rest. Would you mind if I just prayed for you? He said, no. 
And in that couple of minutes, I just said a quick prayer over him and over his life and that he'd have peace. But here's what God spoke to me about that. I was struggling in my head. But I would have missed the opportunity to represent Jesus well. And friends, when it comes down to it, it's all that matters. It's not about us. It's not about who we are. It's not about our position. It's not about we're right in this or wrong in this. It's all about him. Are we representing him well? My encouragement to you today is to examine yourself and ask the question, do my words and thoughts really, really, really line up with what I believe? And if they don't, I'd encourage you to ask God to forgive you for ever allowing those words to come into your mouth and come out of your mouth. Your words are the spiritual container that carries the power to shape your destiny. Your words contain and release your faith. When we speak God's word about our lives, we release the creative power of God's faith into our situation. You can come. When you speak the word of God out of your mouth, it is much as much the word of God and has the same authority as when God personally said, let there be light, Genesis 1 through 3. Be determined today to live out 2023 speaking his words of love, faith, joy, peace, and grace every time, not just some of the time. Put the power that is in your tongue to work for you instead of against you. Stop using it to make messes and start using it to create miracles. There's a miracle in your tongue. My challenge to you is to examine ourselves this morning. What are you speaking? I know that there are circumstances in people's lives. I talk to people every day. I get messages every day of hard stuff. It's not easy. Things going on that people have never experienced in their life. And in the natural, they don't know how to Handle some of that. But my encouragement to you today is this. He is the same God on the inside of you that operates in a power and authority that you have to change things around you. And here's what I know. It takes more energy for me to speak negative I feel awful. I can't, it carries a residue with it. 
than if I stop in that moment and say, that same Jesus on the inside of me who raised that Holy Spirit flows through me. I will open my mouth and declare the goodness and the faithfulness of God because that's what he said he is and he will do no matter what my circumstances are, no matter what your circumstances are. And I'm telling you, start operating in that authority. Here's the thing. You have a choice. That's what the word says. I choose. You choose life or death. Every situation you choose. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word. I thank you for the power in it and what it will do. Now I ask that you penetrate every heart today. And I thank you that you create an awareness in us that we hear ourselves speak and stop. Put the guard at the door of our mouth that we're either speaking life or death in situations. And we will see the goodness and the faithfulness of God like your word says. We declare it this morning in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. For more information about Grace Church, you can visit us online at gracechurchnashville.com and find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gracechurchnash. Hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time.